Inspector Bardot? Yes. I'm Duncan McLeod. Oh, the one at the barge. Where's Richie Ryan? Your friend's in serious trouble. And so will you be, if I can prove you were hiding him. How long are you going to hold him? Until the judge sees him. And then he will be taken to the men's prison in Fioré, where he belongs. You're making a mistake, Inspector. Richie Ryan isn't a killer. No, we just got a very positive ID. Or maybe you think that woman who just left was lying. No, but even if he was there, it doesn't mean he did it. He ran. He had a sword when we arrested him. He's wanted for murders in Madrid and Marseille. Looks like a hell of a case. It's Highlander Rewatch. Nope, nope, we're doing that again. <laughs> Bing bong, ding dong. <laughs> Let's take it again. Zatarans, <laughs> it's Highlander Rewatch. All right. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> it's Highlander Rewatch. You got to go back to what you know. Classic <laughs> Keith. Back to my roots. All right. All right. I hate you. <laughs> This is Highlander Rewatched, the <laughs> podcast where each and every week we examine another portion of the Highlander franchise and discuss it in detail. I am one of your hosts of three, the main one that talks first before the other two. Apparently you're doing your impression of the delicious <laughs> dish right now, and your name is Keith. Hello. <laughs> and, this, and this is Kyle. This is Eamon. Guys, before we get into this episode, we have got to do some reader mail. So you've written us about one of our questions. Uh, we had a question about Unholy Alliance regarding Special Agent Delaney, Renee Delaney. Mm. Uh, and if we like liked her as a character and wish she stayed around, because it seemed like she was potentially a new love interest or new character in the show. New test replacement? Yeah. yeah. Test light. Tesla Is that the coil. Tesla? Tesla, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we asked, do people like her? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty open-ended question. Yeah, it was. Um, so, uh, I think the answer, if I can paraphrase the answer, I think it was, fuck no. Yeah. yeah I think that that's, was basically what people Man, said. yeah. So Dominic S. from Germany wrote, there was at least potential in the way they tried to bring her into the Heinleader universe. It just didn't work out for some reason. I'm not sure if they tried to bring another investigative mortal female into the mix, because Tessa's gone and Randy's gone too. What's the joke in Futurama about the name of the sitcom of the future? I think it's just called Single White Female. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Single Female Lawyer. Oh, single Female yeah. Lawyer. It's the same thing. Same. Investigative Female Mortal. <laughs> Vince S. writes, I don't think there's much chemistry between her and Mac. No big loss not having her back. That's very true. There was not a lot of chemistry. No. And Zach O., perennial favorite, writes... To me, she was the most token attempt at capturing cheesy romance novels outside of Duncan's River Run. <laughs> <laughs> Duncan's River Run. Duncan runs through it. Duncan runs through it. Chantel S. writes, I think Renee was sort of another attempt at bringing in another female reporter like Randy McFarlane. There was Beth Vaughn in Warmonger, who we talked about oh, yeah. in a few episodes yeah. ago, who was an investigative journalist. I think that's what these were. Uh, I think you're right. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't ever seem to work. Nope. Th these are such like 
meh attempts. Like, I really just wish they, like, we weren't huge Randy McFarlane fans, but if they had brought her back, it would have at least carried with it, like, some weight or something. Like, there's at least an emotional attachment to her, I think. Yeah. There's past experiences with her. Like, I don't know. She has the air of someone who's not, like, about to die. (laughs) Yeah. Or, like, you know, will this person ever be back on another episode? The answer's no. Yeah. David M. writes, she was great, vulnerable and tough at the same time. Mac brought out the clumsy oaf in her, and she did that for him, too. Was pleasantly surprised to see her in the follow-up with Morgan. That's right. She is in follow-up, so. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting perspective. Like, maybe Mac made her act a little ditzy or something. Mm -hmm. Because he's so dreamy. Yeah, he's a dream boat. He's like, oh, I used to I used to be able to shoot straight, but then I lost myself in your eyes. That's right. In his Celtic knot. <laughs> so That's, guys, let's is hop. that what we're going against. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Take a look at this Celtic knot. <laughs> I don't know. This has never happened before. It's in it's in a Celtic knot. <laughs> <laughs> what you don't do. do are are you nervous? Are you nervous? Let's jump head first into this episode. Prodigal Son. Yep. Episode 20, season two. We're almost at the, this is almost the end of the episode. (laughs) Not the end of the episode. It's the beginning (laughs) of the episode, (laughs) y'all. (laughs) Y'all. We're almost at the end of season two, though. This is crazy. No, it is. We're going to be talking about Highlander 2 in no time. Yeah. Yeah, And also, we should remind everybody. Our uh, contest. That's right. Mm. We've got a contest. So we are doing a little contest. Write us your pitch for Highlander. Like, what do you think the Highlander reboot should be? It's a 500-word, one-page treatment. And yeah, we're going to read them on the air. We're going to do a bonus episode where we give our pitch. And we're going to pick the best listener submission. And we're going to have some great prizes, some of Eamon's art. And we've got a very nice Highlander 30th anniversary DVD coming your way. Ooh. That's right. Get those prizes. It's coming at you like Cleopatra. Pharaoh's daughter. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So speaking of lines from the Bible, this episode, Prodigal Son. He returns. He does. This episode aired May 9th, 1994. He was directed by Dennis Barry. We recently saw him do Pharaoh's Daughter and The Vampire. Ugh. 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 Blah. Blah. <laughs> yes, the vampire is a fun episode. Go on. <laughs> it was written by Christian Bouvon. He did The Darkness uh, and Warmonger. And it was also co-written by Lawrence Shore. That's right. He's back. The Hanukkah Hoops. Shot in the light. Holy Shore. From way downtown. Shalom. <laughs> catchphrase to that movie. That's not a joke. That's not me being racist. That is literally the thing it says on the poster. For Hollywood Hoops. For Holly- Hollywood Hoops. Yeah. For Hanukkah, Hanukkah Hoops. Hoops. Doc Whoops. Hollywood. Doc Hollywood Hoops. That's right. Stars Michael Sidbury as Martin Hyde. Sidbury. Sidbury. And he Sidbury? was in, uh, yeah, Seabury. I think C- it's Seabury. Oh, is it Seabury? I think so. That's a Crunchberry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Mr. Crunchberry. <laughs> yeah. He's the heir to the Crunchberry fortune. He was in Jessica Jones and... Oops, all Crunchberries. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that series. They never... They, always, they keep making that same mistake over and yeah. over again. Ah. Like, what are they doing over there? <laughs> you said Jessica Jones? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> he was in Birdman. As Larry. Who's Larry in Birdman? I have no idea. I don't remember either. All yeah. right. Great. <laughs> I've definitely seen this guy before. Yeah. Like, he's in stuff. Especially when he's got the long hair. Yeah. He looks like something a, specific. Looks like a goofball. <laughs> and we can almost consider this a guest star, Stan Kirsch. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, he's in he's the credits, but he's finally. Back. Yeah. How many episodes ago was Under Color of Authority? That was the mid-season break. 
Yeah. That's such a long time. Yeah. So this is, what are we up to now? 20. So he's been out for like eight episodes. Yikes. Doom. IMDb episode description. Yes, yes, yes. Someone is following Richie, killing mortals, and making it look like Richie did it. So he goes to Duncan in Paris for help. <laughs> okay. Wait, read the first part of that again. Someone is following Richie, killing mortals, and making it look like Richie did it. So he goes to Duncan in Paris for help. That's just, it's one sentence. That's all one sentence. <laughs> like, somebody is killing mortals. Wait, never mind. Someone is following Richie. This is fun. It's fine. <laughs> I'll read it again. We, don't, we really don't have to. We got the time. <laughs> I think it's funny that they say Richie twice. <laughs> All right, the opening. It's got a pretty good opening, I think. Yeah, this uh, is good. It's kind of like mysterious person on a motorcycle. Which we all knew this was Richie, right? Anyway, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Like it's, Although it's weird because there's like a fake out later that it's like, oh, who is it? Oh, it's Richie. It's like, we've already seen Richie. Yeah. I don't know that I knew. Well, I'm just trying to picture when I was watching this. I was a little drunk. Yeah, I don't think it's like 100% um, sure. I was yeah, like, oh, I, this I is Richie. I wasn't thinking of it. And mm. I don't think I actually realized what the name of the episode was when I, it started. Because like that really cues you in. Like, who's the prodigal son? It's obviously Richie Ryan. But it's like tense. Like he's riding hard on his motorcycle. Yeah. So he stops at a, a shell station and uh, gets and my, some gas. And my note just says Richie Ryan looks like a pile of shit. He, <laughs> he looks is a mess. Rough. He's like, is his face just dirty? Yeah. Or is it like yeah. a little frostbitten? Or does he I have like a weird? Yeah. Yeah. He's been shade. clearly riding for days. Uh, he stops in this co- or into the gas station to get some like espresso. The woman like offers him a room because she can like visibly see how much of a mess he's in. Yeah, he's like, nope, gotta he's, keep riding. He's been riding. He's three hours away from Paris from Spain. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I'm not good at geography, but it sounds pretty intense. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he basically like rode from the coast to the Midwest. Yeah, yeah. So Richie gets the buzz and he's like, not again. <laughs> uh, he goes outside and he's looking for someone. So. But he, he then stumbles across the gas station attendant who is murdered. Yeah, by, sword. by a sword. And yeah, we Richie should say his yeah. sword out. Yeah. In broad daylight, he runs to his motorcycle and like grabs his sword out and is like shouting, "Where are you?" Like and brandishing his sword. Maybe not the smartest move, Richie. Uh, yeah. So he finds his body. He's like, "Not again!" Like so clearly something is going on here. Yeah. Uh, then the gas station attendant's like wife comes out. She screams, and of course she thinks Richie did it. So of course because he's. The haggard-looking guy with a sword. Yeah. Leaning over a slashed <laughs> dead body. <laughs> he takes off on the motorcycle, and yep. he's off. Meanwhile, Mac and Maurice are having some super best friend time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, like, fixing something. I don't know what they're doing. They're just palling around. Yeah, yeah my, I don't know. My they're... note at this point just says, what if Charlie and Maurice did, like, a DBZ-style fusion <laughs> into one character? Charisse. Chalice. Chalice. <laughs> <laughs> He's a French cook, special forces operative. Yeah, I like that. And his power level would raise, like, infinitely. Yeah, just like, view, mm-hmm. yeah. Jean. Ha! I don't know any of this. Dragon Ball Z, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of what his new catchphrases would be. This special ops team had Coco Vin, and that's yeah. something I know about. <laughs> <laughs> Oui, oui. Oui, oui. So, je, je suis Charlie. Mac gets the buzz. Oh, je suis Charlie. Oh, That's good. Not, but not actually funny. No. Ooh. Ooh. Anyway, sorry, Keith. Yeah. That Don't was... apologize to me. I'm usually the one. <laughs> Just can't apologize to the French people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that. We, we apologize. So, Mac gets the buzz, and Richie pulls up on his hog. Mm-hmm. And uh, That is not a hog. I know. 
Tim Mitchell trying to make him sound tougher. Cool. So, so is Richie. <laughs> Maurice has a hog that gets truffles. That's right. Maybe that, that's actually what he rolls on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Richie bought Maurice's brother's hog. And it's on the trail of some hot truffles. Richie is coming to Mac for some help. So Richie gives Mac, I guess, the lowdown on what he's been up to. He, I guess, did like a tour of like 30 states on his bike. Mm-hmm. He uh, hooked up with Monica. Yeah. Monica went down to Louisiana. Yep. But uh, she wasn't as wild as she th- as he thought she was. Yeah. Mm. Man, Richie must be really cutting loose. Yeah. He's just been on a huge bender. Oh, one thing Maury says that Richie needs more than iron. That's right. He's like, get some red wine, some yeah. red meat. Eventually, he caught a freighter to Spain, and he got to Madrid. Everything was going well. I guess he had, like, hooked up with some dudes that, like, they were riding around. Uh, he'd met them on the freighter. Dark, darkness 36. <laughs> hooked up with some dudes. Hooked up with some dudes. <laughs> Rode around. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was staying at, they made a point to, like, name the hotel, the Pension. And I'm yeah. like, is this significant in any way? I don't know, but this hotel we get a flashback of and seems bonkers. It seems like a like murder nightmare hotel. Like <laughs> it's clearly like a place that you're supposed to rent by the hour. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's got this like flashing neon pink light, which I yeah. kinda liked for like the ambiance. Visually of it. it was cool. Uh, but like yeah, this reminded yeah. me of like some noir detective story where it's like there's this light flashing in the yeah. background and this is the apartment where daredevil stays yeah <laughs> <laughs> so he uh gets the buzz and he's looking around the hotel and he has and like a flashlight and yeah he's like, yeah everything's and, and dark. there's no lights there's yeah. apparently no like he lights he can't turn the light on so he gets a flashlight for yeah. suspension regions or maybe just has a flashlight i don't know <laughs> <laughs> sorry richie gets lonely yeah so, um, right, but I do want to point out, I do really like the long shots that they do of Richie, like getting off his motorcycle and like slowly walking up to the barge. They do like these parallel camera angles mm-hmm. where like they really show the two of them walking on either sides of this. Oh, thing. yeah, and that's they, like, awesome. Gradually work their way toward the bridge. It's like a very, I don't know, there's like a yeah. symbolically rich meaning to that, it seems. It's like really a nice moment. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's like kind of a heavy scene. Mm hmm. At yeah. first. Because yeah. yeah, last time we saw these two characters together, like Mac was, cr- both of them were like crying, and Mac yeah. was like, get the fuck out. Like, we're done. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. say we're done, but he does say you have to go. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what I mean. Also, just like, you know, are we going to fight <laughs> or will we have to fight? And he's like, maybe. Yeah. Like, it's kind of yeah, rough Rich- stuff. Yeah. As Richie points out, like, I didn't know if I'd be welcome here. Yeah. So Richie finds his riding pals dead. Yep. Carlos and some other guy. Yeah. Also killed also, by a sword. Yeah. yeah. Also, can we talk about the music in this for a second? Sure. Because there's a bunch of like acoustic guitar and little snappy sounds. Oh, yeah. In the <laughs> Is this like just to remind us that we're in Spain? Yeah. In case yeah. we forgot. España. 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 So Richie back in the present says it got worse after that. Uh, a hotel clerk was killed in Marseille after he checked in. And so this guy has just been like, someone's been following around Richie and killing people, making it look like he did it. Yeah, which leads us to a flashback. Duncan seems to be reminded of something. Right. So we go back to Scotland in 1630, and Mac is like riding through the woods, and he finds this guy murdered. Mm -hmm. Holding like a piece of tartan cloth. Yeah, which I guess is supposed to be his colors. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and Mac also says the same thing. He's like, not again. Yeah. Um, and so I guess this this part. Well, Mac's costuming here is really interesting. Originally, I was like, Cossack Mac? Like, what is going Like, his outfit is different than other times hmm. we've seen him in Scotland. Yeah. With, like, his, like, headband John that he's wearing. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. He also has a weird sword that I haven't seen him with. I don't remember. He doesn't sword. have his katana, nor is he using, like, his old school, like. McLeod sword. McLeod sword. Yeah. It's like a. 
Is this the one with the uh, like the clamshell hilt over yeah. it? Yeah. Like red. I think yeah. it's got like some cloth on the inside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. What's the deal with that? I don't know. What's the deal with Max Sword? Ooh, so who's we get- he stabbing with it? <laughs> Where's Charlie? Uh, so he asks, uh, there's some villagers, where's mm. Connor? I guess he's looking for Connor for help. And then he stumbles across this blonde guy on a horse, and he's there for Connor. Yeah. Uh, so he wants Mac, I guess, to lead him there. This guy's costume, we come to find out that he is Martin Hyde. Uh-huh. His costume is basically just a doily. Yeah. <laughs> he's wearing, like, this crazy, like, lace cumberbun? I don't know what to call it. He's but, dressed and like he looks- a Victorian doll. Yeah, and he looks like a wolf man. Yeah. He's actually just the teen wolf. Yeah. Well, he looks like a beast from the the Ron Perlman Beauty and the Beast TV show. Yeah. Definitely. Or I I used to love that show. David Bowie from Labyrinth. Mm. Adrian Paul was on an episode of Beauty and the Beast. Was he? Yeah. That's the first time I ever saw him. Mm. He was, I think, a Russian, like, submarine person. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Watch it. So Martin Hyde is also like a Bobo Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. 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 <laughs> is exactly what he looks like. Uh, so Mac tries to fight him. This guy won't have it. He wants Connor, not Mac. Yeah. Connor Mac, not D Mac. It gets confusing. <laughs> same <laughs> same clan. Different. 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 different did. Yeah. So he pretty much really makes short work of Duncan. Yeah. yeah he embarrasses him. It's yeah. not. Yeah. He really gets takes him downtown and like there's this weird like big game hunter concept in it's like there's nothing more satisfying than taking down a well-seasoned immortal yeah it's like huh this this guy's strategy is odd i find we'll talk let's talk about that more later as we get into what this guy's doing yeah okay so mac knows what's going on and mac's like oh like maybe he's not after you or whatever So meanwhile, Hyde pulls up. And in the future, he looks insane. He's got like a giant, like he somehow looks more appropriate in the past. Yeah. The present version of him, he looks like he's got like a giant pompadour. He's like John Raffio if he like sold insurance. (laughs) Uh, So he meets up with Maurice and he's asking questions about the barge and he's like, oh, is it for sale? Blah, blah, blah. He gives him something, like a note. It's unclear, I thought, exactly what he was giving him. I thought it was money at first, but... It's a... it's a. He does give him he money. He gives okay. him money and a card to the hunting club he's That's a member it. of, right? So inside the barge, Richie finally realizes this has all been, like, a setup. Like, this guy has not been after Richie. He's been after Mac. Like, I, And he's using Richie to lead him to Mac. That is exactly right. And they also kind of patch things up here they kind of press a reset button on their relationship yeah. where like i guess the idea is they're going to be less it's going to be less of like a dick grayson situation you know more of a meeting of equals seemingly right. yeah and richie can stay with mac whenever he's in paris yep on the couch <laughs> i like the uh the callback to the uh patron saying the tough guys oh yeah that. he's like oh i missed you too uh tough, tough guy, tough guy. Yeah. it's like yeah that yeah that's right. oh that's coming up isn't it october Thirteenth, oh. I want to say. Right. Oh, everybody, get ready. Oh, Saint man, Arnold's what? Day. Saint Arnold's, Saint Arnold's day. day. Yeah. Now that I think about it, when's this episode going to air? It could be. Oh, this could be our. Maybe that's how this, this is our it. Saint Arnold's yeah. day. This is our Saint Arnold's Day episode. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Happy Saint Arnold's Day, Charlie Brown. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be good. Adventures of Black Saint Black Saint Arnold. Uh, so Richie's like, Sorry, oh, that's the a, first that time. That was in- a weird Boondocks reference. Sorry, yeah. Never mind. Mm. First time in weeks, Richie says he's felt safe. But then, of yeah. course, the police show up outside, yeah. and it's like, Hyde oh, I got the cops. Yeah, yeah, Hyde calls the cops on him. Uh, so there's a really, I, I think this little chase scene is pretty pretty great. Uh, Richie gets on his bike, and he tries Pops to, Pops a like, bunch of wheelies. Yeah. yeah. He gets caught, and he goes, like, 
spinning off the like he he falls off the bike yeah, and he slides face rough. plants and skids and then this very awkward detective lady like jumps out of the car i've never seen somebody hold a gun more unnaturally <laughs> on a television show like it looks like he's gonna bite her yeah <laughs> my notes on her is this is she's florence librarian at law yeah my my notes say <laughs> or she, mildred pi <laughs> <laughs> my notes say she looks like edward enigma before he became the riddler <laughs> <laughs> the jim carrey one i don't know sure yeah no like, like she just looks like frank gorshin yeah like <laughs> like i would have yeah. i would have no trouble believing she's the riddler <laughs> like, <laughs> she's not a bad looking person though no no, no. Though she does wear beige the entire episode she wears a lot beige, of beige and there's beige glasses beige. those glasses look like they were removed from like a two-year-old like they're yeah. so <laughs> tiny so richie's in trouble he's at the police station yeah. he really has a lot to answer for because he still has those like he's in the system for stealing that guy's the guy's gun, the gun one time yeah. so this is not yeah he's looking good so much trouble right now <laughs> well you know you never know the the french police have done this before they might just forget yeah just be like, Ooh, i don't know yep just yeah. let go. the gas station attendant uh she's there and she i guess picks richie out of the lineup yeah it's a very weird lineup yeah what the I, hell is it? like they're in like a black room with a spotlight shine on per- someone mm-hmm Nope. <laughs> uh-uh. Not gonna, that's not gonna work after they're identified they might be allowed to go oh, if they do a good five minute stand-up set <laughs> yeah also the not you number three thing is oh insane. yeah that's crazy i'm like is, i, I actually have it out of the room yeah. like, no 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 <laughs> I actually had a note about this that I wanted to ask. Is that really how they do it? All right, you're all free to go, except for you. No, that is not how they do it. (laughs) Yeah. Because, like, spoiler alert, when you're doing a lineup, you don't put five suspects in a lineup. You put one suspect in, fucking Richie, and four fillers. And they're supposed to, like, be kind of, like, lookalikes. Yeah, they're supposed to find four fillers that you know didn't do it because you just picked them off the goddamn street. Or they're even, like, police officers. A lot of times they are. It's just like, okay, you, 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 like, just get in there. Yeah. Because you don't want them to, like, pick from multiple unknown people. Right. Right. Anyway, so it wouldn't be like, no, 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 everyone but number three. It's like, no, obviously number three. You're the guy we already arrested, and now we're confirming it's you. Right. Or, like, anyway. (laughs) <laughs> and so, end rant <laughs> so mac they're gonna file a wade motion about this they're gonna challenge the identification so mac Sorry. confronts <laughs> mac confronts the detective and this is the clip that played in the top of the episode no oh. and he's like it's all circumstantial and it's like it is this drove me but but it's so again so spe- like it's like yeah, I guess it is circumstantial, but like five times in a row, yeah. I think Richie's the guy that did it. Like, yeah. Also, it just like reinforces this thing that they bust out in Hollywood all the time, and that just has like seeped into people's brains that like circumstantial evidence, like circumstantial means bad. Yeah. And when it's actually like better than regular evidence, mm-hmm. which for those at home, the difference between direct and circumstantial evidence is direct evidence is I saw X, like I witnessed this thing happened. So the direct evidence in this case would be I saw Richie Ryan with a sword. The circumstantial part of that is that the guy with the sword stabbed the guy with the stab wound. Right. It's so, a pretty clear inference, the one to the other. Yes. Yeah. Like when you yeah, go they- outside and you see that the ground is wet, that is circumstantial evidence that it fucking rained, right. even if you didn't see it. Yeah. So they have a pretty good case against him because like five murders, Richie was there every time with a sword. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is like a dunker. <laughs> a dunker McLeod. <laughs> of the clan McLeod. Monica Hoops. I also hate how the uh, gas attendant's wife says husband. That's just a note. She keeps on saying. Say Osbond. 
My O's bond. But she says everything else normal. <laughs> I like everything else normal. Doesn't she speak in a French accent? <laughs> no, she's like, my O's bond. <laughs> it just got on my nerves. Anyway, I like this thing that Richie says. He's like in jail again. He's like, you got to get me out of here. They don't still have the guillotine in France, do they? thought that was pretty funny. And uh, like, when did they get rid of that? Like not too long ago. I have absolutely no idea. I feel like it's one of those things that you think like, oh, that's a very old thing. It's like, no, it isn't. Like, they still use that through the 20th century, I believe. Really? Yeah, I think so. I could be wrong. So Matt goes back to the barge. Maurice is, of course, there talking about being at the wrong place at the wrong time. Maurice is like, I know all about that. I've stolen chickens and ducks. Yeah, what's what's another story about me stealing? This is the (laughs) second story about him stealing. Um, They claimed I stole a chicken. Did you? No, it was a duck. <laughs> That's comedy, baby. Yeah. I, also, at this point, Maurice is literally Max Toady. Yeah. It's like Maurice's profession is being Max Stooge. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I want to mention before we get too far is uh, Mac doesn't seem sure he can beat Hyde in his discussion with Richie. That's actually one of my favorite things about this. Yeah. yeah. This thing is like Mac got so thoroughly trounced by him in the past. Yeah. He clearly does not know whether or not he can win this fight. Yeah. I think that's like a new... We haven't seen that really since Grayson. Yeah. Yeah. And it's good. And that was one of the best parts of that episode. That like really made that episode have more weight just because he was scared. Yeah. Good stuff. Noise. Uh, yeah. Maurice finally gives them the message from Hyde. Yeah. Once he hears they're not friends, Maurice says, the next time I see him, I'll tell him what he can do with that money. <laughs> like, you can give it to me because you're going to take it because you're a goddamn stooge, Maurice. Yep. <laughs> you're going to take that money. So Mac gets the buzz. Uh, so Hyde is there. Yeah. Uh, so Mac goes out to like the little tunnel. That's, and it's you know, all like, under foggy the and stuff. Yeah, it's Kinda cool. Pretty cool. Is uh, there like some insane dubbing here? I don't know. I didn't notice that. I was trying to figure out like it, this whole felt dubbed to me and the camera was very far away from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which was weird. I was like, why is it so far? Why so far away? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they fight like very briefly and it's like kind of fr- like Duncan. Yeah. is clearly scared and he kind of like shimmies up. These, well, like, I think he's running away from him. Right. He totally, yeah, Mac totally bails on this fight yeah. by jumping on hay bales and yeah. then cutting this hook, yeah. which very slowly carries him away. Right. Like, this thing is like molasses. It's <laughs> like, I was expecting him to like zip up, do some Three Musketeers shit. This is like tortoise. But I don't think, I, if, I think in this instance, Mac isn't a running away because he's afraid. He's running away because he's like, I'm going to fight you only if you help me bail Richie out. Right. That's what he says, but I still felt like he was afraid. Maybe it's a little of column A, a little of column B. I yeah, I wish they'd explored that a little more cuz to me this red is like self his like self-justification later. Yeah. That's kind of how I felt about it that it was like, "Oh, I'm scared." And then when he tells Richie about it, he's like, "Oh yeah, it was this other thing." <laughs> yeah, like Richie even calls him out on it. He's like, "Come on, Mac." Like, yeah. So uh Mac goes back to visit Richie and Richie's like, "Oh, like you met Hyde, so Things must be good. You won, right? And he's like, well, not really. Uh, so I, I like this element of this story, too, that, like, he can't fight him because if he fights Hyde, Richie doesn't have an alibi, which I think this is a pretty solid storytelling element, period. Here's my problem with this. Why Uh-oh. can't Richie just kill himself in prison? We've seen bad guys do that and get out. Yeah. I and guess then he'd that's... be legally dead and yeah. then problem solved. I guess he could just have to the hassle of starting over. I guess. Maybe that would be his solution if he did get convicted. Sure. Just kill himself. Like a last-ditch thing. Yeah. And, like, what if you wake up in an inopportune moment? Yeah. Yeah. 
That's true. But that's you like, wake up, the guards haven't found you hanging from your from your bunk bed yet. Right. Yeah. So you just have to wait. <laughs> but like that's like a convenient thing the bad guys seem to be allowed to do. That yeah. Richie can't. And it's TV. It's fine. Yep. <laughs> uh, so Matt confronts uh, the inspector again. Uh, what's her name? Inspector Bardot. Bardot. I just wrote Beige Watch. Beige Watch. <laughs> beige Watch. Um, and he's asking about the blade, and she got no DNA on it. Like, no, no DNA that matched. Yeah. But she still thinks it's Richie. Well, this is what she says. She says, oh, well, we all like to prove our friends innocent. We all know. like to prove our friends <laughs> innocent? I love doing that. I love proving my friends innocent. <laughs> I, th- I think she means like everyone wants to believe that their friends aren't capable of committing crimes. Right. I think this is the intention behind this line. Yeah, I think it sounds silly. <laughs> <laughs> so then we go to uh, the gun and hunt club where Hyde's hanging out. Not ha- yeah. He's what, just- the he- what the hell is this place? Because it kind of looks like a pagoda from uh, outside. Yeah. Or something like that. And he's got like Asian servants delivering him like the golden gun. What the hell is going on here? I don't know. It's and really he's weird. Shooting like porcelain mannequins. It's very or strange. Yeah. I have no clue what's going on here. I wonder if this is a takeoff of the man with the golden gun because that's a James Bond movie, and that Scaramanga, he's like a famous like hunter hitman person. He uses a golden gun, and he has a weird Asian butler. <laughs> <laughs> yes, probably the, not. The like great Chris Lee, right? Uh, you just call him Chris. Yeah, Chris, Chris, Chris Christopher Lee. Lee is the Chris, man with the Chris golden Lee. gun. Chris That's Lee. Right. Chris yeah, Lee. we're on a first yeah. name basis. <laughs> just Chris. Come on, please. My parents call me Christopher. <laughs> you call me Chris. <laughs> or Saruman. Or Dracula. So Matt goes there, and I guess he's looking for Hyde. Uh, he leaves him a note mm-hmm. telling him to meet him. So then Mac, I guess, has a cell phone, which is new. Yeah, I, w- I actually <laughs> made note of that. I'm like, oh, he has a cell phone now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is, uh, is he a doctor or a drug dealer? Both. Dr. Drug Dealer. So he calls the inspector, I guess, and gives her a tip-off. So he wants to meet on the roof with Hyde at 1.30. Mac shows up late, and Hyde's waiting for him. Mac does not bring his sword, which this I think... is a ballsy move. I think this is a yeah. cool scene. Uh, so he's there just to just, like, kind of keep Hyde at bay yeah. uh, until the inspector arrives with backup, and then she can arrest him. So they end up shooting Hyde when he yeah. shows up because he's not going to, I guess, let down his sword. And he, like, does he go to attack Mac, I guess, at one yeah. point? Yeah. They, and they shoot him, and he turns into a dummy and falls off the roof, which is great. Yeah. Although this dummy That's fall actually, looks good. This is the, yeah. the, It actually does look yeah. pretty good, and he slams on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's like, I really like Adrian Paul's acting in this scene. Like, I think he's pretty funny. It is pretty funny. The way he's, yeah. like, staggering around yeah. and, like, trying to get away. Yeah, he's really like, oh, good. he's like, oh, I didn't bring my sword. I have a deck of cards. We can play Jin Ramen. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, at first when Hyde sees that Mac doesn't has it, have his sword, he's kind of like, you don't have your sword? What What's going on here? <laughs> like, yeah. he's, like, kind of just, like, perturbed a little bit, yeah. but he's not, like, angry. Yeah. No, this is a good scene. This is yeah. solid. The only thing I don't like about this scene is apparently the... Uh, Oh, Mac grabs the sword, Hyde's sword, and is going to give it over to them. And Beige Watch is, like, telling her French police goons to go get it. And she snaps. It's like, snap, go get him. Am I right? No, it just says, like, writers should never write in a snap. It never looks cool. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't think I've ever seen that look cool in anything. And this is no exception. It looks so dumb. (laughs) So, uh... (sighs) We're Snap. at the crime lab. Uh, Mac 
uh, I guess, well, everything's checking out. Like, the blood mm-hmm. on his, that sword matched. Yeah, you they know. found traces. Yep. Because uh, Colonel Sanders gives them the straight dope on <laughs> French Colonel Sanders. <laughs> so Mac, I guess, cooks up some story about, like, why he thinks this all happened. Like, this guy's an antique dealer. He was after the sword that Richie had, so he's, like, killing around for it. And that's it's the plot from Highlander. It's what the detectives thought yeah. <laughs> Connor was doing. Maybe Richie was in that gas station for a blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> You're sick. Jesus Christ. Well, it kind of gets into that territory because in the next scene, immediately after yeah. Richie's like, oh, yeah, the guy next uh, in and the, the next, next cell. I wanted to go steady. Go steady. steady. And I was gay jokes. Hey, rewatchers, we can't wait to see you at the Highlander 30th Anniversary Convention in Lakeland, Florida, this December 3rd and 4th. And one of the biggest reasons we're excited to be at the convention is to take Elizabeth Grayson's Flying Rainbow Fan class. Um, Elizabeth Grayson was lucky enough to train with Master Helen Zhaorong Wu in the art of Flying Rainbow Fan when she filmed Highlander the Raven in Toronto and actually even performed it in one of the episodes. Um, Over the years, Elizabeth has conducted Flying Rainbow classes at various Highlander conventions. This class seems like the perfect way to start off a busy weekend at the Highlander convention. Uh, The class is $40 a person if you bring your own Tai Chi fan, or it's $60 a person and the fan will be provided for you. We can't wait to take this class. It's going to be a blast. You can pick up your tickets today at LashConEvents.com That's L-A-S-H-C-O-N Events.com. We'll see you in Florida. So Hyde wakes up. I guess he's in the morgue. Like Hyde comes like from upstairs. Yeah. Into like the forensics lab, which is do they like do their morgue stuff and their evidence investigations in the same room? I guess that, so. And this thing? is very X Files to me. Like, hey, if you're doing stuff in the morgue, you better turn off all the well, lights. Yeah. Like, it's like completely dark. Yeah. <laughs> this is something. Has this happened in other? Other episodes, like, Hyde gets shot, falls off the roof. Like, Mac knows what's going to happen next. Like, they're clearly going to put him in the morgue or whatever. And Hyde is clearly going to wake up. I feel like Mac should have a plan. Like, either to very quickly dispatch Hyde in the morgue. Like, just go there and deal with it. But, like, he knows Hyde's a maniac. Like, he's just putting him in a situation where he will almost have to harm other people harm innocent people he's got to make a violent escape yeah he has to escape so i feel like it's not exactly super responsible for mac to just walk away from this well it might be like you know lesser of two evils or a thing he has to do i don't know it's hard to break into a morgue i guess i would imagine especially like a police station yeah Mm. it's a good point though yeah i don't know so hyde wakes up his hair is achieved sentience and orders him to kill or punch out french colonel sanders yeah and he also steals his sword back. Yep. Uh, so then we're back on the barge. I uh, thought this was a cool shot. Like, it was awesome. Yeah. Like Max walking and there's a boat like going past and there's this like Yeah, like all lighting. the lights are going by. And yeah. It's like really backlit. And yeah. It's cool and moody. Mm-hmm. It's nice. Uh, so I guess Mac is getting sentimental with Richie. And so then we get a flashback to a church in the seventeen in Paris in 1700. And Mac is there grieving a friend's death who he describes as like, I saw him be born. I watched him grow up. And now I'm burying him as an old man. And he's just talking about, you know, lamenting the curse of being immortal, watching, you know, burying your friends. Uh, And he's there with his friend. What's his name? Sigour. Mm -hmm. Sigour. I don't know. Master. (laughs) (laughs) It is Sigour. 
uh, who's like his teacher, yeah. And in some capacity, it's unclear to me, yeah, yeah, what the relationship is here. And we should note it is Mustache Mac. Oh yeah, which is good. Mm -hmm. Mustache, Mustache. Uh, So Hyde shows up at this church and he demands to fight Sigor. Mm -hmm. Once again, he is not interested in nope McLeod at all. And so Sigor goes off to accept the challenge, and he gives Mac a bottle of, I guess, cognac. The finest cognac. The very yeah. finest. And he says, meet me on the bridge in an hour, and we can drink it together and celebrate, mm-hmm. I guess. And drink to their friend's death as well. I yeah. Think, right? And Mexico hate drinking alone. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever he says. Uh, so Matt goes to the bridge and just kind of hangs out, and he's very mopey, and it's very sad. And he's very mopey for a long time, because yeah. his friend does not make it. Nope. Yeah. I, I really, I thought this was like an effect, a really nice visual way to show that his friend died. Yeah. Like, this, this conveyed a lot of emotion, I thought. Yeah. Like, it was really, fa- I don't know. It All it was, like, they didn't need to show the fight or anything. It was just Mac waiting. And, like, the longer he yeah. waits, the sadder it gets. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. man. So he doesn't end up drinking this bottle. Uh, so then we're back in the present, and Mac gives the bottle to Richie and says, meet me on the bridge. So how long does cognac last? Because uh, I just I just picture them opening that bottle it and then, like, good. an army of spiders pouring out. <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I really don't know. Like, stuff does get better with age, but aged in a bottle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like it, it ages in a barrel, and then at some point, I don't know. That cork is probably rotted. Like, <laughs> I, I doubt this tastes very good. Yeah, but Mac tracks high down at the hunt club. Yeah, they go back to the gun club with this Asian motif still going. Yeah, yeah. and the big game hunting thing is very prevalent yeah. because there are just like you know these big you know like trophies mounted on mm-hmm. the wall. Yeah, and once again, he busts out the same line again about there being nothing better than a good seasoned immortal. So, yeah. two things to talk about here. So, one, I don't know how Mac knew to go there. Like, it's they, we kind of just, he, I mean... He knew he was there initially, because Maurice gave him the, the yeah, message. Yeah, but I guess we, we jump from Hyde was shot in the morgue, mm-hmm. and then, like, I guess just later that day, Mac's like, I'm gonna go fight him. Like... There's not much, like, connecting threads. I feel like th- this show's done that a couple times where it just is like, and now they fight. Uh, I feel like Z- in the first episode with Xavier St. Cloud, that kind of just happens, right? Or no, maybe Xavier's hunting him down because he has gas. He's going to gas his barge. He's going to yeah, gas he's the There's barge. one or two episodes with this. No, well, no, no, no. I'm wrong in that instance. There's one or two episodes where this happens, though. No, yeah. Like, yeah. they just jump to the fight. Well, in the, one like, with, oh, okay. in the one with Luther we just watched, how does Mac just know where Luther is? He just yeah. shows up at his base. It's TV. I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah. TV. So whatever. But I think we should let's talk about Hyde's like motivation. Like, it's kind of interesting. This like I want to. I like it. I find it odd. Well, it's just, tell me more. It's just like Luther's motivation. Speaking of threads continuing on, tracking a young immortal to get to the more seasoned one. How's that like Luther? Because Luther was fighting all of uh, Rebecca's students. Just to get the crystal, though, not because he couldn't find Rebecca. Yeah, but I think it's similar. Mm. I don't. So I guess he just likes the challenge. I guess I'm just surprised. It's like, well, to me, I don't think they explored his character enough. Like, this, the motivation to be the best and to, like, take down seasoned immortals, I don't think is really that explored. Like, we don't know much about Hyde ever in this episode, we which I think is a bummer. Yeah, we know that's what he wants to do. Also, I'm just thinking about it, like, in the terms of the game. It's like, you don't kill, like, the small fries. Like, you wait for them to grow up. You get their quickening juice when there's more of it. 
I guess. Like, the, the little people aren't worth your time, but, like, if you put pressure on them, they'll scurry to, like, the prize you actually want. Yeah. Someone who's actually going to give you a lot of power. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember if they ever do the opposite of this plot, which I think would also be interesting, is that, like, someone who's not a good swordsman and kind of a coward maybe luring new immortals and being like, oh, I'll train you, and just killing them all. And, like, the way they play the game is not by getting a few big prizes, but by getting lots and lots of, like, the little points. Well, it's, like, never really spelled out, like, if it's better to get an older Immortals quickening or not. Right. It's, well, at some point it is. Yeah. In Endgame, it's so explicitly spelled out. Barf. Sure. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I do wish we got more of Hyde, though. Yeah. Because I, yeah. I don't think this is a bad plot device. Like, him wanting these, you know, Daddy Mac. So, I guess he just never found Connor? I guess not. Actually, Connor's dead. Yeah. <laughs> Hyde like, eventually finds him. Yeah. <laughs> Kills him off camera in the past. Yeah. I'm just like, okay. Yeah. He gave but more, more, more story for Hyde would have been nice. Also, uh, I kind of wish that that flashback didn't. I mean, it's, it's sometimes cool when they mention Connor, but then we get Sigor, and I'm just like, oh, I wish we spent more time caring about Sigor. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, like, because that first flashback could have been regarding him as well, like that he's been looking for him for a little while. Yeah. yeah, and new viewers will probably be confused as to who this Connor guy is. That's true. Would they? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I mean, if they hadn't seen the movie, I guess. Yeah. Right. That's what I'm saying. New viewers, like, who don't know who Connor McCloud is, but they won't know who Sigor is either. I was confused when we saw Sigor. I was like, "Who is this?" Yeah. Like, I, I was, I was like, "Huh?" And I was like, "Okay, least, I'm just to care about this guy." But at least fine. you see him. Like, they're yeah, just referring yeah, to that's this true. other <laughs> Connor McLeod. Yeah. And it's like, what? Like, what does <laughs> this have to do with anything? Como? So they fight. I like this fight. It's an, it's another really big fight, and the shot from like under them and the chandelier is above them, and like their sword strokes are clashing. I thought that was really cool. I like the shot when they're fighting down the like big stone staircase. Oh yeah. yeah. That's, that's really cool. And that also like anytime they're on stairs, I'm like, this looks dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. So he keeps on harping on Mac that like he expect, expected more based on his reputation, right? Like he keeps on dropping that. How does he get this Intel? Like how does he know that Richie Ryan can lead him to Mac? Where does that information come from? Maybe right? this and, is... like, he knows so much about Mac's reputation now. Like, he now he knows that Mac is someone who's worth fighting. Like, where's yeah. any of this coming from? I think this is my problem, maybe with this, like, why does he need the, the younglings to lead him to, like, their teachers? It's like, how does he know that Mac is Richie's teacher? And if he knows that, how does he just not know where Mac is? Like, how did he find out that Mac was Richie's teacher? Well, this isn't a new question for this show. Like, no, but yeah. I'll, all those times where it's like, oh, the Highlander, and Max never met this person and doesn't right. know who the hell they are. Like, yeah. it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. But I, I, the, my other problem though is I like it. Like, I like yeah. the notion that there's like almost this network that they yeah. like somehow know something about each other. Like, yeah. I kind of want that to be true, but mm-hmm. I don't know of any mechanism that makes that make sense unless they just kind of know. Yeah. Well, like that would be an interesting thing to explore if there was like an immortal like message board or something or like. <laughs> Well, that's like the role of that someone like Darius played. Yeah. Like he's like ancient. He's got all these connections. Yeah. He's clearly got like spies. Mm-hmm. He's got a real web of people where like I at least bought into if Mac got information from him that it would make sense. Like maybe there are a lot of people like that out there. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's interesting. Like huh? if the immortals had their own almost watcher network. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That might be an interesting reimagining of the watchers. Yeah. Maybe they don't just observe and record the game. They also facilitate it. I don't know. 
that I think that would be interesting. Or like put out a bulletin, right? To like let people know what has happened. Like, oh, well, how do you, how will you know if your friend from ancient Rome is dead? About the Watchers, like some source where you can find out about it. Yeah, I mean, I don't, well, that's the one thing about the Watchers. I don't even really like that much is the never interfere thing because all we ever see them do is interfere. Yeah, the only the only reason we're ever encountering them is by virtue of their interference. Yeah, that's true. Like I've never seen a watcher like I guess they're good the good watchers we never see. Yeah. yeah. We always see the shit ones yeah. like our main character Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Who has barely been in this batch of episodes yep. by the way. Not actually in he hasn't been four. Any, the last yeah. four we've done he has not been around. Nope. Including episodes that have a hunter in it. Mm-hmm. There's why? Another bad watcher. Yeah. Joe Joe Joe. Yep. Oh well. Anyway, <laughs> Mac wins. See you in hell. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's I was like that was intense. Yeah, yeah. what's uh so we get this weird quickening. Well, I, I like most of this quickening, but what's the point, though? Sorry. The sea in hell didn't bother me as much as Mac just like slowly pointing <laughs> yeah. at him. Just like, you. <laughs> There's this weird like ghost animation, which is. Yeah, I have like weird uh, ghost again. Yep. Yeah. Uh, like sometimes the ghost thing, I mean, it's becoming a regular thing, but sometimes it doesn't bother me too much. Like it's kind of just misty stuff. Like this time it was like. It was a ghost. A ghost yeah. that like spooky, hovered spooky. right Ooh. on his. <laughs> yeah. I feel like and even... it like hovers around him. Yeah, it yeah. really takes me out of it. Like I think like the lightning effects look good. Like that yeah. animation, I'm like, okay, cool. Like that looks nice, and all the fireworks stuff looks good too. Yeah, the ghost stuff takes me way out of like what's happening in the scene, which is weird. Yeah, yeah. Just leave me with the fireworks, please. Leave me with the fireworks, please. So then Mac and Richie meet up on the bridge. And they have their, their cognac. They just drink it out of the bottle, and apparently it's fine. No yeah. spiders. No spiders. No. <laughs> they don't just cough dust. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this whole scene, scene feels like kind of improvised. To yeah. Me. Yeah. Like, well, especially because it like the ending of it is just a super long, awkward pause, and then they start giggling. giggling. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. How about we uh, listen to Bill Panzer talk about this episode, and then we can uh, talk a little more. Yeah, yeah. The prodigal son returns. The return of Richie, who had been gone, including reruns, from probably almost two months. And he's back, and he's taken a few heads, and he's a little more experienced than he was, and he has a little more attitude than he was, but he's still in trouble, and he's still glad to see McLeod. And a parallel story, one of the great things about immortality is that these events repeat themselves, but the characters are still alive. Just as, you know, McLeod is is being used by Hyde to track Connor. Richie is being used by Hyde hundreds of years later to track Duncan. The end, the last shot in the movie, one of my favorite favorite shots in Highlander, is the two of them come, sit down on the steps, drink, uh, start drinking a bottle of impossibly old cognac, <laughs> bonding again together, now being closer to each other as Richie has grown up a little bit. And Dennis Barry, who directed the episode, was very fond of not turning off the camera. So they finished the scene, and actors are always like under, you know, don't break character, just stay in character and all will be well. And Dennis used to like to test this a little bit. So he left the camera on and he left the camera on. And finally, the two of them broke up, laughed, looked at each other, smiled, and it's like one of the nicest, totally unplanned, unscripted moments in Highlander. Hmm, that's nice. It, that does explain why it is so long. Yeah, it's just a really long shot of silence. But it does add a, a nice bit of like it feels genuine. Yeah, yeah it does. A nice bit of friendship. They do have a good chemistry together. We've been laughing a lot because like you know he's replaced Richie with Charlie. Yeah, yeah. but they actually it's nice to see that they actually do have something. Well, it's certainly know. gotten better too. 
Yeah. Like now that this, like, I think that the dynamic before has changed a lot. It's a new Richie. Yeah. Which is good. I, I was happy to see him back. Yeah. Yeah. So, guys, I wanted to read, uh, we haven't read the Watcher Chronicles in a little bit. Yeah, it has been a little bit. Been a while. Been a while. <laughs> nah. Yep. Uh, so, Martin Hyde. He was born in 977 Ooh, in Wessex. Man. Yeah. His first death was in 1014, fighting Danish raiders. This is what it says. Okay, I know it's against company policy, but sometimes you just want to cheer when your guy gets whacked. <laughs> uh, and after three years of watching Martin Hyde kill his way through South America and Spain, I was ready to do a dance of joy when Duncan McLeod took Hyde out. Wow. This guy's not. Hide out. <laughs> Hyde always prided himself on being a, quote, big game hunter, whether that meant going after boar and bear in medieval England or poaching lions and elephants in the Serengeti. Yeah, must take a big man to, to hunt something he knows can't kill him. This is, this is, yeah, this is insane. Truth. Yeah. When he really was feeling macho, he'd go after immortals, but he'd first toy with them. The guy liked to play with his food. And the cat? <laughs> I like uh, to play with my victims first. Yeah. He'd find a recent immortal first, then track him, killing mortals all along the way, herding the young guy back to his teacher. The young guy. Bastard must have killed half a dozen innocent mortals while driving Richie Ryan back to Duncan McLeod. Hyde liked to say there's nothing like the kill of a seasoned immortals. Too bad for him, the seasoned immortal killed that time was him. Good riddance. For my next assignment, can I request someone a little more stable and a little less bloodthirsty? Mm. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. So that's interesting. The big game hunter. You want to feel big? That is a good point, though. It's yeah. A, no boar will ever remove his head. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then there is a uh, chronicle entry for Pierre Segur, if we mm, want to delve into I would that. love to. He was born in 1429 in Dijon. The mustard? Yeah. He was <laughs> born... <laughs> That was not that good. I just imagine imagining this baby born into mustard. It's like or the, you know they do like the the birthing pool. Yeah, it's just <laughs> mustard. It's just, it's just Dijon. It's just a giant thing of great poupon. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, when Monsieur Segur awoke from his first death on the battlefield of Nancy, he realized he had been given a second chance at life. After a mortal life lived by the sword, ruled by tactic, strategy, and intrigue, he sought life at a more leisurely pace, a life where he could appreciate good wine and beautiful women. Monsieur Segur made many fortunes in spices, in gold, and, until his recent death, in rare silks from the Orient. He had twice married, once to the widow of a business associate, left penniless with small children. His second wife, Margarita... Uh, he married for love and stayed with her all her days until her death at the age of 86 in 1658. In her memory, he supported a number of charitable causes. From his mortal military days, he remained a fine swordsman and practiced often. But unlike many of his kind, he did not seek out combat with other immortals. When challenged, however, he stood his ground with honor. In this manner, he faced Hyde the Hunter. Hyde the Hunter! Wow, a like new that. nickname. New nicknames. Mm, we haven't yeah. had that in a long time. Who thus ended the second life of Monsieur Pierre Segor? Hide the hunter. Yeah, this. Uh, do we wonder if this was like two episodes put together? I feel no. like no. I don't wonder that. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. I think, I think it is. I mean, a lot of these episodes are a little overstuffed, and I feel like almost every decent episode could be a two-parter. Mm. Yeah, 
Much um, like in double stuffed Oreo. Well, I don't even mean this should be a two-parter. Just like prodigal, like Richie coming home and this like hunter. Like, I wonder if these were two separate concepts that eventually became one. I don't think so because I no? think they knew they wanted something driving Richie home. Because like, why is he seeking out Mac? Was well, a motorcycle? Yeah, that's <laughs> driving him home. Yeah, <laughs> quite literally. <laughs> Mustard nerds, are we playing a game? Well, of course. Yeah, it's game time. There is okay. time. So Richie's back, and to celebrate Richie coming back, we have a game. It's what's that Richie quote from? <laughs> uh, so these are all Richie Ryan quotes, and you need to name the episode they are from. So, is this a free for all? Uh, I'm gonna ask one at a time. Okay. Uh, okay. Can we steal? Oh, yeah, I like that. The Shaq movie? Maybe maybe two points for correct answer, one point for a steal. Sure, just make up the, the game make, rules Making up right the rules now. on the spot. We'll do it. Okay, Kyle, you're up first. I like nature in smaller doses. You know, like shrubs and pots. Mountain Man. I got man. lost in a nursery once. That is Mountain Man. Kyle gets the point. He gets two points. Two points. Basketball. Like shrubbery. <laughs> Shalom. <laughs> I can't wait to see that movie. We'll do it's a special Hanukkah Boops episode. It's going to be amazing. I Monica. have no idea what we still have to. Be. We still haven't seen uh, Tic-Tac-Toe, whatever it's called. X-Wins. Yeah, That's that it. Woods movie. The Woods movie, yeah, where there's a game of cat and mouse and a game of Tic-Tac-Toe that goes horribly wrong. Yes. <laughs> All right. Amen. Sure. Anytime. I got lots to say. I had a very interesting childhood. At the age of two, I was visited by aliens. Ah, uh, crap. Uh, freefall? No, Kyle for the steal. One point. Ooh. Innocent man. Sorry, no. That was from See No Evil. Mm. Randy McFarland is questioning him. Uh. First, she comes and questions Duncan. Richie's like, "Hey, you want to talk to me?" Uh, all right, Kyle, you're up. Interesting. Huh. The knife. He lost the knife. He's got to buy a new knife. <laughs> uh. Hmm. He lost the knife. Is this See No Evil? It is also Ceno Evil. <laughs> I see what you tried to do there. I thought for a second it could not be Ceno Evil, but I see through your games. Amen. Casino Evil. Casino Evil Royale? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Mac, I'd uh, like to say I sensed you were in danger, but the truth is there was this really cute blonde who worked in the antique store. The Hunters. Correct. Yeah, yeah. buddy. And Kyle. Have either of you guys noticed we're in a tow-away zone? <laughs> Either of you guys knows we're in a toeway zone. Um, shit. Uh, I'm gonna guess. Shit. Shit. I guess studies in light. Sorry. The correct answer is bad day in building A. That's what I was gonna say. Oh shit! <laughs> you stole my steal. <laughs> nice work, Keith. That's one point for me. Yeah, one, one point, point for Keith. For Keith. <laughs> Sorry, Haven. It didn't matter. You were gonna lose anyway. Uh, <laughs> very good. I'm sorry. <laughs> and there were only five questions? You made up the rule about stealing. Yeah, but that would mean that one of us would have to get more questions than the other. If there were only five questions. Yeah. There had to be an even number of questions <laughs> Wait, for this what? game to make sense. No, odd number. So you one could... <sighs> I guess not. Yeah, they're, 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 you could have one question in. Guys. Being held back. Anyway, I not... still won. Yes, you won. <laughs> it was fun. We enjoyed the ride. I think I all, especially enjoyed I, I think fifty percent of you enjoyed the ride. <laughs> all right. Woohoo. Did we learn any lessons this time? I feel like Oh, it might be time for the 
immortals will give you a mac attack a, 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 a. You wanna know by now You wanna know by now New theme, I like it. Yeah. Megadeck. This is Mac Attack, where we try to take up the lessons that we learn from Duncan McLeod. I've learned that if you yell at a detective loudly enough about circumstantial evidence, you will still get nowhere. It won't matter. <laughs> I've learned if you yell at a bunch of random peasants, where's Connor? You don't get anywhere. That's, a, that's not enough to get you Christopher Lambert in your episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Duncan McLeod's not the only one who teaches us lessons. The real reason we're excited here is because our boy Richie Ryan is back, which means for the first time in a long time, we can get ourselves an episode of What, what You Don't do. Do, 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 do. What You Don't Do, The Lessons of Richie Ryan. Keith, what did you learn from RR? Spanish, <laughs> Spanish freight seamen. It's a rough crew. If you bunk with them, it's not going to end well. Spanish what? Seamen. Freight seamen. Freight seamen. Freight seamen? I don't know what yeah. to call them. Sailors. Oh, yeah. Freight seamen? <laughs> yeah, you just put me on the spot. Yeah. Freight seamen is where you went. Yeah. When you get bad. put on the spot, you go to freight seamen. Yeah. This is not. What you don't do is say freight seamen. As though it's a thing. Oh, yeah. Freight seamen. That's right. <laughs> yeah i learned that when richie ryan is on the run he will absolutely go to like a spanish sex hotel yeah where his buddy carlos will get murdered by hide the hunter oh you mean one of the french french the spanish seamen no yeah. he was a, he was a fellow moped seamen. guy yeah. That, yeah those were the freight seamen yeah i don't think the sailors were <laughs> the freight the... seamen and the the mopeds guys that's all the same crew all the same guys? Yeah, that's yeah. false. No, that it is. is not true. No, he met the freight seamen <laughs> on the boat, and, oh, and he was like, guys, let's cop on our hogs. Let's take it to Madrid. This is terrible. <laughs> this is what happened. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Eamon? What did you learn from Richie Ryan? I learned uh, if some guy's following you murdering people, maybe don't like run out in public and pull your sword out and crouch, crouch over dead bodies. The crouching over the dead body is particularly egregious. Yeah. Because this is not his first rodeo where this yeah. has happened. So yeah. it's like, maybe you not shouldn't again. do No, not again. Yeah. <laughs> no. They look dead. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't done that one in a while. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> We're reaching way back. We're rich. We're rich. <laughs> I love that. Oh, I love it so much. We should do this more often. Well, that was great work, guys. That was just <laughs> truly, truly terrific. Mm -hmm. All right. So on a scale of one to five, Freight, freight Siemens. Yeah. How many Freight Siemens would you give this? I give this three and a half Freight Siemens. Eamon, yeah. on a scale of one to five stale cognac bottles. <laughs> <laughs> on a scale of one to five spider-infested cognac bottles, how many would you give this? I'd say three. Three? Yeah. How many falling dummies do you give this episode? A solid three. I think it's a three. Three, three, three falling dummies. Yeah, it had a good, this episode had a good it's concept, a good one. Yeah. and it's one of those that's like I think all the stuff actually with Richie's really strong. It's the stuff that Hyde with Hyde that I think just kind of falls a little short. Like it just feels like half baked his yeah. plot. This show just needs to be all two parters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like all two parters. Like all these people just need a little bit more real estate to grow. 
it's funny. We we had this problem in the first half of the season. I, I think Eamon, you brought up this question one week, which was like, does this show need to be an hour? Like, we were really dealing with a lot of episodes that were like way too much padding. We were like, ah, oh, like there's not enough plot. Like they're they're just filling in filling in time. Uh, and now we're having the opposite problem, where they're having like really high concept stuff and interesting characters, and there's not enough time for them to breathe. I think and really delve into it. I think they just have a hard time like finding the balance. It's either too much for the time they have, or it's too little, mm. and they need to have a four minute flashback to season one. They need to smooth out that that curve. Yeah, because yeah, some of these are just like I did not need to hear dust in the wind again. Yeah, and then others are. Like, whoa, slow it down. Pump the brakes. Yeah. Speaking of dust in the wind, uh, somebody somebody wrote us uh, an email. And, Eamon, they've picked up on your, uh, your like, funny connections between episodes. Mm-hmm. And they claim this is very much like our Hugh Fitzcairn, who... Who fits, Karen? Yeah, exactly. Uh, these these sort of kind of wacky theories. The song Dust in the Wind plays when mm-hmm. Tess dies. Uh, but then in the one of the follow-ups, Revenge of the Sword, it stars Dustin Gwynn. Oh. <laughs> oh. That's Ugh. good. That is good. I, I was, like that. I was applauding at my email. Like, I was like, <laughs> yes. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin Gwynn. Yeah. Bravo. Dust in the Wind. Bravo. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us this week. Remember to send your Highlander reboot contest submissions to highlanderrewatched at gmail.com, and you will be entered in to win some awesome Eamon Highlander art and maybe a DVD of the 30th anniversary Highlander release, which will be pretty cool. Uh, And those submissions are due at the end of Season 2, which is only in two weeks, so not too much time. Uh, So you can find all the details on the contest on our event page on our facebook page event event section event section <sighs> it's getting hard to speak guys yeah My we've been jaw at this, we've been at this literally fucking hurts we've been doing yep. uh, this is an eight-hour day yikes of just this zeist zeist thanks for joining us next week will be the exciting conclusion to season two with counterfeit part one that's the ghost of episodes yet to come calling us home yeah Bye, everybody. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. I'm The ghost is taking us away. No, the ghost is gone. No, it's not. Guys! Very good. Now that that is out of the way, we have some other stuff to do to get it out of the way. All these these fourth episodes. All right, guys. We've been introduced. You are acquainted. You know us. We get to know you through your reader mail. What the fuck Which is re- this? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Back it up. Reader mail. Let's, let's go for no. this. This is Kyle. This is Keith. This is no, I like this. Keep it. All right.